Welcome to episode 19 of the ER podcast. Who's your consultant? Really? I'll tell you where this topic got started. I was watching a webinar this week. They were showing ERP magic quadrants that rank this software and that software. And they have this dot showing Microsoft Dynamics. It was ranked pretty well. Only thing is, Microsoft Dynamics is six different ERP packages acquired from four different companies. And some of them are very good and, and some are suckish. We'll cover that. Meanwhile, I'm riding my road bike yesterday. I come upon two older guys wearing masks while cycling. This is outdoors into a six mile an hour wind, open desert with me being the only person around and I zoom past these guys, meaning that I was within six feet of them for maybe a second. I thought, <laughs> I thought about slowing down and telling them that the coronavirus can only travel at seven miles an hour. If they'd ride faster, they could outrun it and they wouldn't need a mask. But as funny as that would have been, you have to remember that when you see this type of behavior, it's generally fear-driven. And given our current media environment, we're all having to deal with fear in different ways. And more than masks where they're not needed, we can talk about business missteps and how to avoid mistakes in the media. And lastly, we're in an era of business transformation. The stocks of companies who offer digital slash cloud-based software are booming. Results on the street are huge impacts to sales. ERP guys are making their number and then some in August of all times. Companies are transforming into digital platforms like never before. And if you're not there, you're at a competitive disadvantage. So how do you get in the game? Well, who's your consultant, really? We're gonna cover all of that on today's ER podcast, episode 19. Who's your consultant, really? Today's podcast is being brought to you by NCO. NCO is one of the leading NetSuite partners in the nation with NetSuite's highest five-star designation. And they've been doing some great work with NetSuite implementations over the years, earning their spot as a top 10 nationwide partner. Now, back when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, there were quite a few companies who were severely impacted by their inability to connect with their ERP systems in any meaningful way. One thing about that lockdown is it really highlighted the pitfalls of traditional ERP systems. So in response, NCO came up with this really dramatic offer. They would implement NetSuite financials, just the core financials, within 60 days, a complete remote implementation project at, at a price around 45000 Now that includes first-year software licensing, implementation, and training protocol, 60 days, 45000 Companies could expand the NetSuite footprint in the future as they needed. So today, we're talking about QuickBooks, and as we've mentioned, QuickBooks doesn't do everything, and most companies compensate by overhiring and managing that forest of spreadsheets. Well, given NCO's rapid deployment, low-cost solution, you can actually implement NetSuite for less than the cost of one additional full-time employee. And it would probably take you 60 days to go through that hiring process anyway. We checked with NCO regarding the COVID rapid deployment plan, and we're pleased to be able to make this offer for profit from ERP clients who are looking to move off QuickBooks. To find out more about this limited time offer, contact us via email at info at profitfromerp.com, and we'll help you through all the details. Remember, it's a financials-only NetSuite launch. You can, of course, add anything and everything later, but have the system just grow with your business. It's a great start, thanks to NCO. Welcome back to the ER Podcast. I'm your host and director of profit from ERP, Gene Hammonds. So let's start with an analogy. 
if you looked up the reviews for Chevrolet, you'd be super pleased to know that Chevy has a 490 horsepower engine and it does zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds due to its new mid-engine placement. Very cool. So off you go to the local Chevy dealer and find out you can easily afford a new 2020 Chevy Sonic. And, and here you go out the door with your 138 horsepower force. Wait, wait a minute. That's not what the review said. Oh, but, oh, that review was for the 2020 Corvette Stingray Z51. And you're driving the entry-level Chevy Sonic. What happened? Well, of course, Chevy makes a lot of cars, trucks, and SUVs. They're all different. So you can't just look at a review for Chevy because it depends on which Chevy. So earlier this week, I'm watching the same thing. Big consulting firm talking about ERP software. They do this thing called Magic Quadrants where they measure things like forward thinking and emerging ERP software packages, put them on an XY axis. The only thing magic about the quadrants is, I think, how much people are willing to pay to look at them. As far as I can tell, I don't know. Anyway, not to pick on Gartner or anybody else, everyone has some type of grid layout where they compare ERP software with this presentation, and, and they were going over several of them. Profit from ERP, my firm, uh, we never really put together a grid, so to speak, but we have worked for most major ERP software firms over the years, and we have had every conceivable ERP software pitch our clients when evaluating software at one time or another. And so here I am, I'm listening to this analyst from this major consulting firm. He's talking about Microsoft Dynamics ERP. And, and look, there's a dot on the magic quadrant for Microsoft Dynamics ERP. And as he talked, I realized he didn't really know. Microsoft Dynamics is a name that's used for six different ERP packages and a CRM software. Just like Chevy the Microsoft Dynamics name covers a lot of different products. Only unlike Chevy, Microsoft didn't really actually design or build any of them. So you can't just put a single dot on your magic quadrant because of six ERP packages don't. I mean, one's basically discontinued. One's not being brought forward. Others are available in cloud form but aren't really made for cloud and some aren't even ready for prime time. Look, Microsoft bought Great Plains, and that made Dynamics GP. GP, Great Plains, get it? The year before, Great Plains had purchased an ERP named Solomon, so that became Dynamics SL. And then Microsoft acquired Navision, and so that became Dynamics NAV. Navision had just acquired Exapta, so that became Dynamics AX. Now, I've worked for companies who've installed and supported three of these four prior to the Microsoft acquisition, so I've been familiar with them for years. And then Microsoft tried to combine all these code bases to make a single product. It was called Project Green. <laughs> that failed twice. And then they decided to rework the NAV code base into what they're now calling Dynamics Business Central. And then they retrofitted AX to become Dynamics Finance and Operation. So one of these is really good if your ERP budget's around $60,000. And the other, you're going to need about $750,000. But both fit where they fit with the size companies that need them. And we've had clients very successfully use either. But it's not 
the same horsepower or the same zero to 60 for those two products. The other thing you need to remember is like Dynamics SL is no longer really sold, but they'll still let you pay the annual maintenance. And Dynamics GP, eh, they're not planning to move that one forward with a cloud version. Although there's still, I mean, there were 47,000 companies using GP 2015 or whatever. But what's all this mean? It means... There's more to ERP than a lot of consultants really understand. I mean, how can a software analyst or consultant not understand the Microsoft ERP environment? It's not like Microsoft is not on anybody's radar. How can they sit there and point to one dot on a quadrant and say, this represents Microsoft Dynamics ERP? <laughs> It's <laughs> just the beginning. What about Infor? Infor is a company that buys struggling ERP companies. At one time, Infor, I think, had over 30 different ERP products. Right now, they have, I think it's 22 ERP products using a common interface, which they call Infor Cloud Suite. But it's 22 different ERP packages. One of the products Infor bought was Lawson. I have a few certifications in that technology. I worked with them pre-merger too. And I've had other clients use Infor Sightline. Great, great stuff where it fits. But there's no way they're the same product, but they get one dot on the quadrant for leading ERP proponent or some such word salad. Anyway, analysts and consultants point to these single data points and say, this represents Infor ERP. That makes zero sense. I had one client absolutely crash and burn a software implementation because they hired a second consultant. She kept comparing NetSuite to Sage and saying, well, we never had to do this with Sage. Sage has 17 different accounting ERP packages. I never did get her to admit which version of Sage she was talking about. And, you know, one time I was the national sales manager for the largest Sage reseller in the United States. So I kind of know a little something about the Sage products. What's the point of all this? ERP is complex. Moving through the selection process, comparing different price points, different feature sets, it's complex. Even if you've done an ERP project or two, you're going to need to rely on someone to complete a successful ERP project. Is it your favorite sales guy? Is that who you're using for a consultant? Really? Or did you hire a major consulting firm who sends out all these seasoned guys during the sales calls only to find out that after you sign the contract, here comes a junior consultant just out of B-School. It's going to be in charge of your project. Who are you listening to? Who is your software consultant, really? Here's a good test. <laughs> when your potential consultant mentions Microsoft Dynamics, just ask, which one? That blank look on her face tells you everything you need to know. At Profit from ERP, I personally manage every client project from start to finish. We structure your internal team with your people and provide a detailed step-by-step -step project plan. We educate it every phase. Here's what we're doing. Here's the outcome we're looking for. Here's the pitfalls to avoid. It's all a process we've replicated hundreds of times from the experience of over 400 ERP projects. So with profit from ERP, you know your consultant has been around long enough to know the details of dozens and dozens of ERP products, the history, the development, the evolution of them. And someone who doesn't need to rely on a grid to tell you what's right for your business. Yeah, we're going to bring in affiliates and experts at the right time, and, and we can talk about our affiliate program another time. But through it all, you're assured your software consultant knows a thing or two about ERP. 
In next week's episode of the ER Podcast, we welcome back an old friend, Mark Lee CPA, to talk about the booming digital transformation of American business. It's going on right now. You know, the stocks of companies that sell cloud software and, and digital transformation software, the stocks are through the roof. And analysts even agree the only reason they're not even higher is because the market can't price the upside into the stock. I mean, that's how dynamic it is. It's that big of a business transformation. We talked to a couple of NetSuite sales guys with different uh, partner teams last week. And turns out they've been closing huge business in August. And they're so far ahead of their sales targets for the year. It's very uncommon for this to happen in an August because you normally have so many people on vacation. But folks are really turning to being able to be digital, to have better reporting, to have better financials, all of that type of thing. Digital transformation is taking over. Companies are joining that revolution. They're streamlining back office, extending front office, you know, your customers may no longer be downtown in the office or you may not be able to catch them shopping at the mall, but you can find them one place and that's online on their computers. What it comes down to is companies are hard and heavy into upgrading their digital platforms, ERP and operational software. So really, if you're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what the economy will do, I'm afraid what you're looking at as a sideline may actually be the center stripe. And what happens next is roadkill <laughs> to mix a metaphor. In any case, don't wait till it's too late. So who's your consultant? Really? You think you're not big enough for digital transformation? There's a software at every price point for all size companies. But the first step, regardless if you're small, medium, or very large, the first step is the payback. It's called the cost revenue model. And it's a careful analysis of what this software, proposed software, can do for you and what it's going to cost and how it's going to pay for itself, how it pays back. And we go down to the transaction level and capture that level of detail and bring it all forward. Is ERP going to cut your labor growth? Can you double annual revenues without having to hire more overhead labor to manage the workload? Can we get you in front of your customers with apps to easier do business and, and drive revenue increases? Cost revenue modeling is what the Fortune 500 companies do to see if they're going to approve a $5 million SAP project, see if it makes sense. Now, unlike a Fortune 500 company, you may not have 14 ERP business analysts on your staff, but you can engage profit from ERP to help you put that together at the size and scope that makes sense for your size business. Like I've said before, we know ERP software. We know what's out there in the small packages, what's available in the big packages. And our specialty is making ERP decisions based on real data. Contact us today at info at profitfromerp.com and we'll put together a consulting package that's right for you and put you in the driver's seat instead of being there where the roadkill is. Look, there's a reason we say profit from ERP. Our clients make ERP pay. Here's the thing. You know, it's really tempting to go with a large consulting firm until you understand that the expertise is all in the sales process. And it's really hard to be good at everything when you have 127 lines of consulting offerings. It's even more tempting to say, let's just do this with our internal staff. Let's do it with our people. There's risk in that, okay? You're risking upside. You're risking economic opportunity. Let's say 
round numbers, you're a hundred million dollar annual revenue company. And and if you do ERP right, if you choose the right ERP package, if you get the right ERP implementation partner, and you manage the change management, the business consulting part of the project right, if you do all that right, there's a good chance you could see your cost decline and revenues enhanced. And that could be as much as say $7 million a year, right? Now, however, if you fall short, maybe you only get half that return or even worse, and this is more common, million dollar cost overruns in the process. So you are probably risking about $3 million in economic opportunity in an ERP industry that has like an 80% failure rate for most people that go it alone. My friends, $3 million, that's, a, that's real risk. Now, adjust those numbers to the size of your company, whether you're smaller or larger, and think, who's my consultant, really? One last thing in today's episode. I talked about the fear pervading our current national situation. We've got a viral plague, and we've got the resulting pandemic panic. We've got social instability, financial instability, racial inequality, political incivility. We've got Supreme Court battle royale. I mean, Supreme Court nominations happening week before an election. The stock market seems to be tanking for lack of a renewed stimulus plan. And by the time you hear this, cats will likely be lying down with dogs or even worse. It's 2020. So how do we deal as a business? How do we react? You know, I'm, I'm reminded media, the people in broadcast, print, and internet, they focus on one thing above all, audience, politicians. They focus on getting attention from voters right now. And it's all driven by fear. 90,000 planes land safely, no story. Single plane crash, film at 11. That's how it works. If it leads, it bleeds. Look, folks, these guys, they're idols. Attention, fame, fortune, at any cost, by any manner possible. And that's the last source you want providing you business counsel. They're not your consultant, really. You got to keep things in perspective. I understand, you know, if you think there's injustice and want to do something, but above all, we need to focus on the business of our business. There's backlash from companies who seem to spend all their time on Twitter. I mean, at one time, the conventional wisdom was that activists on the left could create boycotts while consumers on the right would likely not notice. So the smart money was spending money on leftist causes. It made business sense. But now we're seeing backlash to that too. Did you follow the Trader Joe's story? Trader Joe's is a specialty grocery chain with much of their own lines of food. Trader Joe's bacon, Trader Joe's flour, you get it. And they would get cute, and for the frozen enchiladas, they would call that Trader Jose. Get it? Mexican food, authentic, Trader Jose. They had cute names for oriental food and several other varieties, till Twitter exploded at the sheer racism of it all. Initially, Trader Joe's announced they'd immediately change the names of all these allegedly offending products until they didn't. Trader Joe's customers spoke up, and further surveys confirmed the overwhelming majority of Trader Joe's customers thought the names were funny and cute, and no actual customers were taking offense. It turns out that the Twitter mob, I mean, this can sometimes be as little as 20,000 activists, 5,000 activists. They're looking for the next cultural outrage, and they can create a storm of attention for a day or two. But 20,000 people in a country of 300 million? Well, yeah, that's, that's enough for a movement on Twitter. And it's a feature, not a bug, as we like to say. 
granted, we're in a volatile environment today, and golly, it's driven by fear, fear of losing market share, fear of offending the perpetually offended. Except now, there's even a mounting backlash to companies that are just trying to do the right thing. We're seeing declining ratings for the NFL, despite printing approved slogans on the end zones and helmets. There's product blacklisting, boycotts, and all manner of things going on. You know, we've yet to see a Twitter campaign turn permanent. I mean, somebody else is going to be trending tomorrow or the next day. You just got to ride that stuff out. And look, personal involvement's great. Set up an internship for at-risk kids or, or sponsor after-school programs, whatever you're led to do. Phoenix has this community mask awareness advertising sponsored by several local businesses. And I told you the story that now we have two old guys wearing masks while bicycling in the desert. I doubt their COVID safety changed in any measurable way. And unfortunately, when you read the cycling press and the cycling world, we're hearing stories of restricted breathing while exerting yourself can make wearing a mask actually dangerous, especially for people in the upper age brackets. It's all fear-induced, and it's not making any sense. So let's control what we can, and let's tune out the rest. Let's make our companies as strong and resilient as possible to better withstand whatever is going to happen next. That'll build strong organizations and support our staff to build ultimately stronger families, communities, and eventually a stronger country. In the meantime, we'll keep it up with the ER podcast, turning out stories of business success and technology advancements. And we'd like to do a story on your company, a story of how we helped you manage an ERP project and technology initiatives and created phenomenal success from your company. Look, here's a little secret. You already have a great company, great people, great assets. Just tweaking the margins with technology will make it all just a little better. And that's why they keep us coming out. Let us know how we can help you. Info at ProfitFromERP.com. I'm your host and director of Profit from ERP, Gene Hammonds, saying once again, Profit from ERP. Our clients make ERP pay. And fortunately for you, we have room for one more new client. Let's talk soon.